Hello, hello, hello. Hopefully y'all can hear us and see us all right. This is Steven Jensen and Jesse Davin. I'm in a little bit of a different setup here in my living room, so if I look like I'm kind of looking out in the distance, it's because I'm just looking at a different monitor. I've said it ad nauseum. People have heard me talk about it on other shows. Had a uh, leak in my ceiling, so I'm actually just doing this from, uh, from a different room, mainly so I can keep an eye on it in case uh, it happens to get worse. But... <sighs> Outside of that, everything else is all good. Can't wait to go to GCW this weekend. But we're here to mainly talk about AEW Revolution. And Jesse was there live in the house in Orlando, Florida. So as always, before we get started, Super Chats donations, always much appreciated. We'll make sure to get your comment statement. All that stuff will pop up on the screen. We'll answer your questions, read out your statements, your comments. There is a donation link in the description below as well. <coughs> it works just like a Super Chat. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we always appreciate that stuff. Uh, if you want to be a part of the show and we can guarantee that we read your stuff out, answer your stuff, super chats and donations. Jesse, how you doing today? I'm doing good. Getting my pick line out next week. Exciting stuff. One more week of TPM. As Steven knows, as they just called me and were being mean to me, they were like, one more week. <laughs> Who do I have to call? The pharmacy. No, who's the nurse? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> But anyways, um, yeah, and holy guacamole, uh, Revolution Weekend was incredible. I have so many stories, but um, forgive me if I'm, like, looking back, my little baby, it's just me and her today, so I'm trying to keep her occupied, um, but I gotta make sure she's, like, not, like, trying to stick a fork in, like, an outlet. Oh, yeah, anything. for sure. <laughs> you know, something like that. But, I mean, all the outlets are covered, but, you know, you never know. So, yeah, I'm doing good. Other than that, hey, throwback. Throwback. Just saw a super chat come through for me. Appreciate that, buddy, as always. I'll read it once it actually hits the uh, the screen here. Um, I have such a weird setup today. I have, like, I have, like. I can read it. Um, yeah, if you, if you don't mind reading it, uh, Jesse. It says, uh, and thank you so much, throwback. Wizigular, now the new NXT champion. Do you see him coming out of Sin Deliver as the champion and possibly defending it at Mania? It's WWE after all. Much love, guys. Thank you for being awesome. Thank you for being awesome. Throwback. Um, I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch NXT when he won the championship. Uh, but it's definitely interesting because of what they're doing with Braun Breaker. Um, I don't really know, like... I don't really know. I don't really know what's going on. I think it's interesting. Um, good for Dolph Ziggler. I mean, congrats, bro. Um, screams transitional champion to me. But, um, yeah, definitely interesting. But it, I, I, I knew Braun Breaker had to drop the belt if he was going to go to the main roster, clearly. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't a surprise to me. I kind of dig it, honestly. I kind of dig it. I really wish that they would go with like a, like a like Dolph would just go all in with the like I'm on the main roster. You guys are developing like just really kind of like go in on like how like NXT 2.0 was like less than and all that. But then again, he gets the championship. So, but then he could be like, I'm better than you. Look how easy I beat your like top guy and blah blah blah. And then like you know he could just kick his ass or whatever. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think that Braun Breaker's going to beat him for the title at uh, Stand and Deliver. I think he's going to get it right back. 
Um, oh, you did? Yeah, I think that, uh, I think the main reason they did this was, like, to try to get interest in this oh. show. Because it's at, like, 11 in the afternoon on one of the WrestleMania nights. I think, like, WrestleMania night oh. one. No one really? cares about this show. There's all these other shows happening, right? Mania weekend. And I think that, that they're trying to just, like, create some sort of buzz around, like, okay, Ziggler versus Braun Breaker... I think to them is a more sellable, right? Yeah. And then Braun Breaker, I think, will just beat him straight up uh, to get the title back. Uh-huh. I'm not completely sold that he's going to be on Raw full time, but me and Jeremy talked yeah. about it uh, yesterday a little bit. Where I think that uh, I think it's possible that they bring up Braun Breaker and have him uh, on Raw this early. I know that he was. I know they he had the tag match this past Monday. Well, but, he got booked. They debuted him on Raw in Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. and he's a Michigan Wolverine. <laughs> like they didn't think about that for a second. No, I doubt that they thought of that at all, especially no, because they. Not. Well, he's not a. He, well, he's not a Michigan Wolverine. His brought his, his dad and his his uncle yeah. are. He he went to Kennesaw State University, like ten minutes from where I live here in Atlanta. Um, well, still, the, the history is there. Um, but you don't you don't bring out someone with ties to Ann Arbor in Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> and expect it to go over well. I, I, I mean, I th- he's going to be just like a giant litmus test of, like, does yes. NXT 2.0, the vision that they have for it, like, are they going to actually, like, are they going to actually treat him better, like, now that, like, Vince has a hand in his progression right. from the very start versus these like indie guys that triple h was getting and then vince was changing like yeah um well even tony khan admitted at the press conference that he thinks what nxt is now is better for wwe oh I, unquestionably know? for for yeah, what they're and trying I, to do yeah exactly because <laughs> like what's the point of having like because every single time someone got called up from nxt it was so disappointing because you knew that they would be buried immediately or they just, their character would be ruined. So I'm really hoping that this like brings back that excitement that we would feel like when someone would debut like a Shinsuke or a Kevin Owens or um, not so much a Sami Zayn anymore or like an Oscar or a Sasha Banks or a, you know, something like that, you know? Right. Yeah. It's just, it's just different. That's a whole other conversation, though, about, like, development yeah. and all that. Because I've talked about that a lot, too. Just, like, the... Like, they're not... If, if they're not going to hire indie wrestlers, and a lot of the indie wrestlers don't want to go there anyways at this point, like, <clears throat> they're kind of in a position where they're forced to, to do things this way. And... Yeah. I, th- I think in their minds, if they find one Roman Reigns out of a thousand random people at the Performance Center, like, it's a win for them... Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, I disagree with that, but I, but I, yeah. but I think that I think that's what they're essentially, essentially just hoping for. In a perfect scenario, you'd have a whole, you like, you have like hundreds of Roman Reigns, but I think that they're like they have Braun Breaker, like that's like their guy that they've definitely chosen. Um, but it's gonna, Sorry. it's gonna. My water. She spilled my water. <laughs> um, but yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't see you moving. I see it now though. Um. But yeah, I I mean, just uh, I I I am interested to see what they if Braun Breaker has success, it's gonna be a, definitely a motivating thing I think for the other people that are in NXT 2.0. But he also might wind up being an outlier because like he's the one guy who's been chosen by NXT 2.0 so far. Like, what happens to like the next 
few people that they kind of choose and does it work or not. That's kind of what. That, that will be the true test because it seems like Braun Breaker is like the first test, but it's like, okay, so you have him. Now what? Right. Now how do you put up your next star? I think that's going to be like the truth. Yeah, yeah. And and how far they really go with Braun Breaker and how quickly. Like, will they make uh, on yeah. Raw or SmackDown, like, will they make him like will they really, really push him still? Like, will he get a continued push or will he have to kind of redo everything on Raw? Like, go from like the, the ground up again and like hope he gets over and like the, they don't like sour on him too fast backstage and like I right. I don't know. Oh, I will say this though: Braun Breaker came across better on Raw than you know Karrion Cross ever did on Raw. So like, yeah. you know, at least that's something. Uh, uh, you know, positive. I feel like Karrion Cross was set set to lose the minute he debuted, though. Well, I mean, when he lost to Jeff Hardy in like five minutes, right. and, like with like a roll up, it was like, oh damn, like uh, yeah. the writing on the wall for sure. Yeah. Like, Throwback says Carmelo Hayes uh, is going to be NXT champion around SummerSlam. I mean, potentially. The thing with... But see, here's the thing, and this is also... Carmelo Hayes isn't the best example of this because he had an indie run. He was Christian Casanova. Like, he, he was... He was he didn't, he didn't have, like, a super long indie run, but, like, he was a fairly well-known indie guy before he got signed. And even Grayson Waller had an indie career... He wasn't mm -hmm. as well known because um, he was mainly like in other countries, and he had this like I remember he was called like Matty Wahlberg or something like that. Like it was like he was oh, he was like no. clearly trying to like get the rub off of kind of looking like a Wahlberg brother. Um, but he, I think that those are two guys though, Grayson Waller and Carmelo Hayes. That I think the WWE Vince McMahon in particular is probably high on both of those guys. Right. Um, but once again, they don't really fall into the Braun Breaker category because those guys did have indie runs like. The the, mm -hmm. the Braun Breaker thing is going to be more like all these people that are recruiting from like college athletics and like the Olympics and that kind that of stuff. Interesting, like that that one uh, wrestler guy and that woman. Yeah, Gable Stevenson. Yeah, Gable Stevenson. That's and, right. And he's he also he's also a, a he's also one that's like also an outlier because he has an Olympic gold medal and like he's known in the combat sports world already. Like, so you can, right. so you can push him a lot quicker than just like, Oh, a random just like a PC. Rousey, you know, kind of like you, they have that recognition already yeah. for their accomplishments outside of WWE that make them seem more credible in the ring. A hundred percent. And I mean, Kurt Angle like took to pro wrestling yeah. so fast that if Gable Stevenson can do anything, even close to that, um, he'll be successful. So I guess really what I'm talking about is this next group of like people that they find like like college football players that like don't go pro or you know whoever yeah. like like unknown athletes that aren't wrestlers. Yeah, like the next recruiting class. Yeah. So yeah, but that was a great question throwback. Um Yeah. We really appreciate it, man. If you have any more questions, we'll make sure to answer the super chats as they come in. We really appreciate it. Um all right, so Revolution, Jesse, tell us about your experience oh, yeah. being alive. Yeah, so I sat with the media, which was actually kind of nice because, like, everyone there has to, like, remain professional, and I'm just sitting there, like, well, we were, like, in, like, the last row, which was actually really nice because that meant I could stand up. I like that, that was... personally. I like being able to stand. Yeah. yeah. And so it was perfect. So I was able to stand and stuff, and... 
the revolution itself, oh my god, it was so much fun live. My like a memory I will cherish forever is the Adam chants <sighs> that were happening. There was like let's go Adam, Adam sucks, fight for Adam. Um, let's see. What else was there? This is Adam. Instead of this is awesome. Um Oh god, they were just they were hilarious chants. And um that was really fun. Like the whole card was amazing. And to me to me, I mean obviously there was like William Regal, he showed up. Um yeah. and Swerf, you know, had like a contract signing. But other than that, there were no big like there wasn't like a big Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole kind of thing. There wasn't a John Moxley, you know, there wasn't a I don't know who else, like a sting or something. There was no like giant surprise. And I think that's one of the major criticisms of AEW is that they kind of live off of those surprise reveal moments. And this show proved to me that they can tell a story and tell it well. Um, particularly with the CM Punk, um, MJF match and Wardlow finally turning. Um, and, you know, just with everything else, like every single match on this card to me delivered. Um, I would have liked to have seen a different result with the, uh, women's championship match. However, knowing where it's going to go, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, so... There was not, um, the only thing that, like, really sucked was seeing Orange Cassidy get hurt. That was kind of scary. Yeah. Uh, he was clearly hurt. And you could yeah. tell that Dan Housen was, because he came out, you could see, you could you could totally tell Dan Housen came out with a ring crew and went under the ring. And uh, when Orange Cassidy got hurt on the side, you know, Aubrey's out there and she's, like, you know, calling Audible. She's telling everybody. And then she goes under the ring, or I think it was Bryce, maybe went under the ring and told uh, Dan Housen to come out and do something. Like, because it was like, uh, Orange Cassidy's like on the floor, like writhing in pain. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was after yeah. Keith Lee, like, yeeted him out of the ring. Um, yeah, and they didn't catch him. Yeah, everyone, people were given, I mean, like, he didn't catch him, but <laughs> Keith Lee also chucked him over those people. It wasn't like it was all on the. It was everybody's fault. It wasn't just on the people yeah. who didn't catch him. Because I saw the people who didn't catch him getting a lot of, of shit uh, for it. Yeah, there was a lot of um, things that went wrong. Yeah, like... There was no Keith Lee chucked him. Orange Cassidy jumped far. They were standing a little too close, but thought they were in the oh. right spot. I mean, it was just... That's, that's on everybody. That isn't like... Yeah, yeah. that was on everybody. Yeah, and you know what... I loved... I, at least he got that badass spot with a ladder... Where he like did like a pull up. Incredible. Oh my god, that was so cool. I tell you what, there were so many times during this show where I was like, holy cow, that was creative. <laughs> I was like, there were some really cool creative spots during this. Yeah. Like, so, like, as a person that was there live, I don't know if it came across well on TV, but the crowd was lit. Yeah. Like, the crowd yeah. hot all night. It definitely came and, across, at least most oh, of the okay. show. Some, some of it, people were complaining about certain parts, but at the same time, like, it's hard when it's a long show like that with, you know, 12 matches oh. or whatever. And, like, they're so good, all these matches. So, like, you're constantly having to kind of get up and go down and get up and go to every now and then. Like, you can't just, like, keep the same level of, of hypeness for, you know, three right. hours straight. Like, it's just not possible. Um, right. Well, and here's the <laughs> thing. A lot of us 
um, like especially like in the media section and everything, the arena had horrible reception. And the media, usually the media will get like a Wi-Fi thing, but there was no like private Wi-Fi for the media. So everyone in like the media section had to like go outside to tweet <laughs> or like go outside to like send anything. So like it was kind of nice for me. Like I was upset. Sure. I was like, I can't really do my job, which was like tweeting. But I was like, well, at least I get to enjoy the show, you know. Yeah. So I just kind of tweeted a little bit. And then when I had to like go out to like go to the bathroom or, you know, do my TPN, um, things tweeted. So there was like that, too. I feel like a lot of people were kind of like freaking out about that. But honestly, for a show that had 12 matches on it, it flew by. It flew by. I was like, oh, my God, we only have one match left. I was like, we only have one match left. What the? It was like, because, and, and none of them were really as short as I thought, you know? Um, I mean, the hook match, yeah, given, but still. But even that was a little longer than, like, you know, yeah. him just getting, it wasn't just, like, out there just squashing. I mean, he did squash QT, but, like, it was at least yeah. a few minutes long, yeah. Right, but it, it was so fun from beginning to end that I was not sitting there, like, okay, which match is next, like, going through it, you know what I mean? I wasn't, like, sitting there holding the playbill and going, okay, which song's next, okay, whatever. It was, like, I didn't want it to end. Like, when it ended, I was sad. <laughs> yeah, no, I was the same way. Like, me and my brother and my friend Hughes, like, he was always over for AEW, um, we were all, we were all watching it, and, uh, and that was one of those things where, like, after every match, it was, like, we knew the show was, like, hours long, but, like, we were, like, it was still I moving fast for, like, for what we were getting. Like, it, I, it right. didn't feel like it was a long show at all. Like, it was, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought the pacing of it was, was actually done pretty damn well. Um, Deshaun, yeah. <laughs> Deshaun was a super chat. Thank you so yeah. much, Deshaun. Um, he also... Um, I did not... I did not see the message you sent. I will look though. My DMs are kind of crazy right now. Yeah. So. He, he reached out to me the other day um, to make sure okay. that you knew that he appreciated giving you that oh, you know the yeah. best rumble. And I, I let him know that you just you just don't check your Twitter DMs often. So yeah, <laughs> which is which is true. No. Me and Jesse communicate exclusively through text message. Like we don't even DM. Yeah. Over, so like we rarely DM each other, and we're like, oh boy. <laughs> Um, but Deshaun, thank you so much as always, man. It says, "Hey Stephen, hey you. Jesse, how are you? The show is was amazing. Also, I hope you saw the DM I sent you, Jesse, which that was what the DM was not. About. I will check for it though. I saw in the regular chat. He also said that. If by the way, if you see me looking this direction, it's because I have my chat like over to the left of me today. Um, it says uh, he fool he foolishly picked Lee over Wardlow for the ladder match, and it blew his ticket for us run. Why did the same oh. thing?" Oh, man, that sucks. I was foolish to take anyone other than Wardlow. I almost felt like it was too obvious, but they just, like, the right. obvious just makes sense a lot of the time. And AEW just does what makes sense most of the time, and I should have just done that. Yeah, that that's good advice right there. Yeah, yeah. We'll kind of, we'll, we'll go uh, kind of match by match through this, but we don't have to, like, deep dive on everything. Okay. Just a, a few okay. thoughts. And we can deep dive on some of this, though, for sure. But, uh... Layla Hirsch and Chris Statlander in the uh, in the pre-show match, I actually thought it was pretty decent. Like I saw people saying yeah. they didn't like it a lot. A lot of people were kind of like bashing it a little bit online, <clears throat> and uh, I like both these women a lot. I don't think it was like the best match in the world, but I like 
I didn't dislike it either. And they went out there for like 10 minutes. I mean, so they, they put in a lot of work out there, a lot of hard work. Right. So. Right. Well, I actually ate breakfast next to Layla nice. one morning and she was like, excuse me, are you Jessica? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. She's like, man, I follow you. I was like, she's like, how are you feeling? Mama? She was really, really, really nice to me. So I was really happy for her. And um, I'll tell you, like, off-cam, like, some stuff. But um, I was glad to see her win. Cool. I was glad to see her pick up that win. Um, To me, it looks like she's really putting in a lot of effort um, into trying to prove herself. And I think that she's being rewarded for it. Yeah. Well, you know, and these are two women, like, I was familiar with both of them for a little while on the Indies pre-AEW. And they were two women that, like, like, Statlander a few years ago... She was, like, really, uh, like, especially in companies like Beyond Wrestling and stuff, she was doing right. really, really, she was really standing out, but she started, she was standing out fast. Like, she trained with <clears throat> Brian Myers, <clears throat> or under Brian Myers, I should say, Pat Buck, in uh, Creative Pro, and she, like, rose the ranks really, really quickly. And so, so her getting signed with AEW, she hadn't even wrestled for, like, a super long amount of time, but, like, she was already really good. She's So she's, like, she's still... She's still learning, and so is Layla. Um, Which is incredible, by the way. They have all women that are, like, so green, like Jade we'll talk about later, that are just, like, learning in the ring. Like, Yeah, proof that developmental doesn't necessarily have to be something that's tucked away for years and years at a time, and uh, it, it's more about how you're... Anyways, that's a whole other conversation. But, yeah, um, but yeah Layla uh-huh. hurt. It's it's like you know you can do you can do what uh you know Jay Cargill is doing and Hook is doing and to a degree yeah. kind of what Statlander and Hirsch are doing because they probably would be sent to you know developmental before anything else if they were signed to the WWE. Um, you can do all that, um, or you can learn headlocks from Terry Taylor and learn how to set up the ring and do forward rolls for three years okay. in Florida. So, um. Well, yeah, Layla Hirsch over Statlander. I thought this. I thought the result made sense too, because like they'll have a rubber match, I'm sure, because now they're one and one against each other in AEW, and and it would have been kind of a bad look for Layla to lose, in my opinion. Even though she was the heel, the story coming into this about her being like adopted and stuff, head, yeah, right? that like, was some messed up stuff. Yeah, like that I was weird for Statlander to, to, as a babyface, especially for Statlander to my say that. My mom was adopted, and I took offense to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm very. Oh, you know what I mean? No, 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 for sure. I, I'm, I'm very like, like I don't have kids like currently, and I don't know like if I will or would in the future. I don't know, but like I am super open to the idea of adopting at some point. Like I really do like. I like the idea yeah. of it for sure. So if you, yeah. and, and I feel so and, well, and, and part of it is just feeling bad for, you know, someone to be in a position like Layla where like you are orphaned and like, you're like hoping a family chooses you. Yeah. I can't even imagine like going through that process with other kids around you getting like picked by other families and stuff. And like, oh, that's God, gotta be so it's, I can't even, I just can't relate to it. I just can't. Um, but it's one of those things where like as a baby face, why would Chris Statlander say that to make me feel bad for Layla? <laughs> Like, but you know what? You know who I was sitting next to? I was actually sitting next to um, AJ Awesome and his mom. And um, his mom's very sweet, by the way. Um, And, you know, it it was interesting listening to him as, like, a younger um, viewer. I would say, you know, I think it was during this match. He was like, who's the bad guy and who's the good guy? And she was like, you know, I'm not really sure. (laughs) 
And I was like, you know, that's one thing about AEW. Don't they don't really need a solid like bad good guy and a bad guy to tell a great story, you know? For sure. And I feel like this match proved that. Yeah, they 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 ride that line way more often than most companies when it comes to like Impact does it too, but like just way less people yeah. care or pay attention, unfortunately. Yeah. But like, but yeah, they. I, that's the thing. If the story makes sense and the match is good, like I don't think people really care like yeah. about baby faces and heels that much. Right. Um, exactly. After we're after that. Speaking of, I mean, technically Hook is a heel, technically speaking, but he's but he's beating up heels now because like he's getting such a massive babyface reaction um or at the very least hook is a babyface in a heel stable however you want to look at it um right but you know hook pretty much squashes qt marshall but they go five minutes and this i think was really more so just to kind of show the crowd that hook can go out there for yeah. more than just a couple minutes at a time but at the end yeah. of the day it was all about it was a showcase for hook is is exactly what it should have been you know exactly exactly what it should have been yeah and uh yeah qt qt is perfect for this kind of stuff by the way like miz kind of you know the miz yeah like that that guy that's not quite a he's like respected not quite a jobber could legitimately be out there but he makes other people look really good yeah kind of i see i understand what you're trying to say with that i know i that comparison a lot yeah. for Miz. Well, the, well, the thing, the diff, the big difference is like the Miz has been, you know, the WWE champion multiple times yeah. and like has had a lot yeah. of success in wrestling over the span of like you know the last couple of decades. QT has basically oh. been an indie guy who's a trainer now, but but yeah. but he but but QT is very underrated in the ring, in my opinion. Like he does have, he's very like. There's a reason why the people that he's training are being so successful. Like he knows what he's doing in the ring. So oh, what the heck talking about yeah yeah so um but yeah there's not a whole lot more we can say other than you know hook is uh, was hook like ultra over live like oh uh, hell yeah yeah so it came across on tv um yeah after that we had the house of black malachi black brody king and buddy matthews over penta pack and eric redbeard Alex Abrahantis, I love that guy, but like I, he looks goofy in that in that like the ghost, the, yeah, yeah. The, ghost, the heavy metal band ghost. Yeah, he looks like uh, Wolfpack like Sting face paint. It was yeah. It was, Why didn't see the close? Oh yeah, he had like the like the red face paint with like the black around his eyes, all kind of like Darth Maul. I guess would be another kind of oh, example. Man. Uh, oh no, I didn't see but, that. But he just looks goofy. And here's the thing: like I said, I like Alex. I think he's a great speaker. Like he's yeah. he's great for the group. Um, yeah. And he's a good. He's a really good guy. I, I see him often in Ethan Page's YouTube vlogs when they're like out action figure hunting. Um, Alex is like a. He just seems like the nicest guy in the world. So like, I'm not sitting here just sitting here bashing the guy. I just think he looks goofy and like this weird, like you said, like ghost kind of thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's all I think of when I see him. <laughs> but I think of pretty Man Go. But what I will say is this: like this match ruled. Like, oh my god, this match was so good. Yeah, this is like a perfect example of. Oh, I was going to say this is just a perfect example of like, if like this is why you have a match like this on the pre-show is because like you literally you might have had people on the fence about buying this pay-per-view. You nudge a lot of people into buying this if you get this kind of match for free and you're like wait a second oh, that like, the... was on the oh, that's right it was no yeah that one wasn't even on pay-per-view so like what? 
So I bet you a lot of people saw that and they were like, man, I've heard AEW was, was cool, but like, if they have a, a, a show full of matches like this on pay-per-view, like I gotta get the pay-per-view. And yeah. yeah. So how did, how did you, okay. how did you like this match? I thought it was awesome. I love this match. And let me tell you something at fan fest, which was Saturday. Um, obviously they still had the ring set up because they filmed rampage tonight. Dark, dark. I don't think they did a dark elevation. Did they? They might have, and Rampage, and then obviously Saturday, and then Sunday was here. So they just kept the ring there. Um, they did like a panel, and they did a panel with Malachi Black, uh, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King. And can I just tell you that Malachi Black deserves a microphone at all times because the way that he was answering questions, he was like preaching. It was like. I can't even explain it. Like, he is, like, a master with words. It, like, on, just to be able to, on, like, to, like, improvise what he was saying and stay in character so well. Like, people were asking, like, you know, who do you, who would you like in the sale? Who would you like to see? Um, who do you want to beat up next? And he'd be like, well that question is for you because we do this for you and you guys like violence you live for the violence so you tell me who who should we go after next like like something like stuff like i mean he was just like and even even um someone asked him like about his shoes like where he got his shoes and he said let me tell you this we may have a king but in my household we have a queen and my queen does a lot of things. These shoes are from the queen. It was like beautiful. Just the way he was talking. And I was like, holy cow, this guy's amazing. And just living for the gimmick. The black mist was cool. Um, oh, my God. My child is destroying a tissue box right now. But, um, no, this was a great match. How could it not have been? It was super fun live. Went over, like I said, crowd was super hot for it. I mean, can't go wrong. Yeah. Just super awesome. Yeah, and I, I think that if Redbeard is going to stay in AEW, <laughs> I think he'll join the House of Black eventually. I think so, too. Um, they teased a match between him and Brody King, which I think should definitely happen. Um. Which is wild because, you know, not only yeah, are, Brody. yeah, not only are the two, the the two big like tattooed dudes that like look like aesthetically like they would want to fight each other, like yeah, Brody King, like Cody cut it in that he said it in that promo he cut before he left AEW, but like if you're gonna call yourself Brody in AEW, like you got some balls and yeah, like there's no better person than to I mean Brody King to be up against Redbeard. I just think it's it just makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. So It does. I think it does, too. And if he does stay in the company, which, like I said, I'm not sure. I don't know what, like what's going on with that. Because I know his the thing at the tribute was like a one-off. Savannah! Savannah! Hey! Okay, just want to make sure she wasn't eating cookies. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but, yeah. They planted some seeds, definitely. I can't wait to see him grow, so... 
This is exciting. And then the pay-per-view itself actually starts. They kick it off with Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho. Dude, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, Kingston gets the win, the big W. This was this was one of my favorite matches. On There was a lot of matches you can pick out as like your favorite match on the show. This is definitely in my top three, maybe my top two on the night, like on a stack show. So, yeah, I was... Uh, yeah. I was thrilled with this. Um, I talked about this a bit on uh, live round with Doug on Tuesday, but <clears throat> they uh, w- with Doug and Josh, we were talking about how this was reminiscent of like an all Japan match in the nineties or something. Like yes. this was just awesome. Yeah, how, how, how the crowd was like super super into it. Oh man, was the crowd into it? And I mean, those slaps were loud as fuck. <sighs> Oh my! And when Eddie Kingston like took off the top of his thing, and like it was just it was it was awesome, and you could tell the crowd was like emotionally invested in it because how can you not be with the promo that Eddie Kingston cut and the one that Chris Jericho cut? How can you not be? Like, I'm sorry, you can't have my phone. Fine, here. Anyways, uh. It was a great match, and just the way that, like, everyone was begging for Chris Jericho to tap out. And, like, he kept going, this and this. It's like, come on! And he finally did. Oh, God, it was great. It was great. And you could see just, like, the pure elation on Eddie Kingston's face. Like, and I think, you know, that was something um, that I think was actually presented a lot better on camera because I did kind of see some pictures of it. Um, cause I think in the moment, everyone in the crowd was just like really, really happy celebrating. Um, and we weren't really paying attention to like his immediate reaction after that, but to see that afterwards and to be a part of that crowd, it was just, is magical. I mean, that's all you can say. It was magical. Yeah. Yeah. This, this was awesome. Uh, and yeah, like you said, he tapped out to the stretch plum, which is like a definitive, finish like Kingston straight up beat Jericho Jericho has no excuses and also massive shout out to Chris Jericho people know I'm a huge fan of his he's like my favorite wrestler ever but like he gets a lot of he gets a lot of shit and I get so I get some people don't like him outside of the ring and I I understand but I don't think that people can like I don't like seeing people turn on people like I see it happen sometimes where like Chris Jericho went for about 30 years like almost literally 30 years of being like a beloved figure in wrestling. He was the guy in WCW, well, even ECW before that he was pushed heavily in ECW, but then in WCW it was like, he was the guy that like, for whatever reason, they wouldn't give that big Goldberg match to, and they wouldn't elevate up the card. And he wind up, you know, leaving to go to WWF. And he's in the same kind of position where like, he's just like right below being like the main guy or like one of the main guys, but like, he's kind of in the mix, but Fans, real wrestling fans, were like really, really behind him for so long, and then he got a lot of success, you know, and finally became the champion and all that stuff. And and then he goes to New Japan, and everyone blows everyone's tits off. Everyone's yeah. like, Jericho's <laughs> going to New Japan to wrestle Kenny Omega. This is insane. And like, and then just, and then over the last probably like six months or so, maybe a year. It feels like all these people just like turned on him. They're like, he's fat. He's unmotivated. He's no good. What he, oh, he freaking leans out, dude. Well, that's what Holy I was getting to. Yeah, he's God. he's in great shape now. Like you can't he's like amazing shape now. Yeah. So like, 
and part of it was intentional. He's talked about it so many times where like he put yeah. on weight when he went to Japan because the people in Japan are generally smaller. So he wanted to be this like big American gaijin heel wrestler. And so he can it'd be like more believable when he was like bullying other wrestlers that were smaller than him, that he was like this big guy. And he just kind of stayed that way because like he, because he could, like he did the pain maker yeah. stuff and the Le champion stuff and all that. But now like that ship is sailing. The inner circle right. is broken up. The, the this right. new stuff is happening with the Jericho appreciation Jericho society. Appreciation and, and he's in like, he does over and over and over again. He's pivoting and reinventing himself. Reinventing yeah. Which is what he, which is what he's done his entire career. So like there was like the fat Jericho phase, but like, so what it's not, he didn't suck. Like he just he was just different, and now he's no, going back to different. being better in the ring again. And so I mean, I, that man constantly evolves to stay relevant. Yeah, it's not, it's incredible. Yeah, it's it's the reason one of the main reasons he's been a success in wrestling for literally over three decades. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and and Eddie Kingston. He is so ultra over that, like he like oh, so he man. needed this win and he got this win, and Jericho foreshadowed his heel turn that did fully happen on th- on yeah. Wednesday uh, by not shaking his hand, and like I thought everything about this was awesome. The match was awesome. The story was awesome. Right. The result was awesome. Like once again, even though like Jericho is my guy, I'm fully capable of, rec- exactly. of recognizing like when it's the right idea to to have certain people beat other people right. like this was definitely the right i move to have kingston beat jericho so right. um so yeah i can't say enough good things about that i thought that was awesome oh um, yeah uh, i loved it i what an opening match yes and then they rolled right in to Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon Dude. versus the Young Bucks. Jurassic Express retain the tag Dude. team titles. Uh, yeah, give me your thoughts on this one, because this one was insane also. This was insane. I'm actually, um, I just recorded it. They, um, in being the elite, they zoomed in on our section really, <laughs> like, for a second. And I'm, like, going like this, because I was just, like, unapologetically, every single entrance, I was dancing. Um but, oh, my God, this match was so fun. There was just, like, so much going on. And, I mean, we'll get into it with the other one, the Sting one and all that. But, um, I mean, once again, Young Bucks are always money on pay-per-view. And you know what? Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus have delivered. I was a bit hesitant and critical of their tag team championship run. But at this point, it's been fantastic. And they've proven themselves worthy of the tag team championships and they've held them to the level that they are. I feel like the young bucks and Kenny Omega and hangman page, you know, they kind of elevated these tag team titles to be as prestigious as they are. And when jungle boy and Luchasaurus, and I guess it wasn't, was it Christian cage, I guess. And Marco Stott hadn't been there. Yeah, um, Marco hasn't been there since they won the title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a. It, it was definitely a um, a difficult, um, not burden to carry. A difficult, you know, legacy to carry, and um, they've done it. They've done it, and it's been incredible, and it's been awesome. And they had an awesome match on Rampage too. And so, this was fun. Like I said, there were so many creative spots. It was fun. It was quick. That finish was. I was like, whoa, what? 
because um, <laughs> there's just so much going on. It was a little hard for us to see the stuff going on the outside of the ring, um, especially when it was like on the hard cam side. You just couldn't see anything. Right. Uh, but this was tons of fun. Again. Yeah, yeah. This match ruled. Um, I was surprised Jurassic Express retained because like this would be an easy way to get the belts off of them if they wanted to. But clearly, they don't want to take the belts off them right now. So, and, I, and I'm fine. <clears throat> I'm totally fine with that. Um, and it's interesting because you know we're gonna get Adam Cole and Red Dragon versus Hangman and most likely the Young Bucks. Uh, right. You know, which is very, very, very interesting for a lot of reasons. So, um, they're gonna continue on the Red Dragon and Young Bucks feuding thing beyond this. And Jurassic Express is going to keep carrying the tag titles and just keep having banger matches. And and the end goal, I'm assuming, is going to be Christian will probably eventually be the one to cost them the titles uh, or right. something like that. And we'll probably get Christian and Jungle Boy. And Jungle Boy will win that feud and then go on to like be like a major player as a singles guy in the company. Something. Will, I I hope him and, and Luchasaurus stay aligned. But like, you know, they both kind of have their own stuff going on. But like who's that? Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Yeah, I well the thing is with them, they could both be singles competitors easily. Exactly. Especially Jungle Boy. Exactly, exactly. So um so yeah, I, I mean I thought I thought this match ruled as well. I mean, just banger after banger on this show. Um after that <laughs> the they follow up the just the Basically, they do the All Japan match with Jericho and Kingston. They follow it up with just, like, an insane, like, PWG-style triple threat tag team match. And then they go right into a ladder match where oh, man. <laughs> where Wardlow defeats Christian Cage, Keith Lee, Powerhouse Hobbs, oh Orange Cassidy, and Ricky Starks. Right. Um, there, you know, we, might, we talked about it a little bit before, but my my favorite yeah. spot of the entire night was Orange Cassidy going backwards oh up the ladder. And if he would have won the match like that, I would have really marked out. Like, oh, he would have loved it. He also tried the spot where, like, they were, like, pyramid. Like, like they were, like, set up like a pyramid. Yeah. And he tried to climb. Um, at one point, Ricky Starks, right at the end of the match, Ricky Starks got uh, powerbombed really bad on, like, the top of his head, back of his neck by Wardlow, like, right onto yeah. that ladder. Um, that was definitely some sort of misstep. He, he was on that ladder for a, quite a while after the match. I, I believe it. Yeah, that 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 looked yeah. rough. And then we've talked already about Orange Cassidy, you know, getting hurt uh, when he got chucked out of the ring and didn't get caught, and you know, just unfortunate. Um, but yeah, there was like the spot Keith Lee and Powerhouse Hobbs went off the entrance stage through what? the tables, and they also set up. What looks like will probably be Powerhouse Hobbs and Keith Lee feud, which I think would be awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, awesome. So anything else uh, you want to add to your thoughts on this match and or, like, the response for Wardlow getting the win? Uh, Wardlow winning. Okay, so Wardlow was insanely over because once we... I, I think everyone in the crowd knew once Wardlow won that something was going to happen in the Punk match. Um, so that... I mean, Wardlow was over. We were all chanting his name as he was grabbing the ring and stuff like that. The big Sonic ring, I should clarify. Yes. Uh, for me, when Orange Cassidy got hurt, I did get distracted by that. I was kind of worried. Because, um, I mean, the trainers were on him. I didn't really know what was going on. Um, I had seen, you know, 
him to get thrown, but I didn't, I, you know, they didn't replay it for us or anything. And I was like, oh my God, it's you. Like, I was really scared. I mean, he was on the ground for a long time and like just rising in pain. And it was really scary. Um, woo. And then um, Ricky Starks afterwards. But he seemed okay. They both walked out under their own power. So that kind of took it out for me a little bit. But then Danhausen, Danhausen got like one of the biggest pops of the night. By the way, uh, can I just say, even though the spot like wasn't probably what they planned, um, Danhausen definitely got one of the biggest pops of the night. So um, other than the injuries, it was really really fun. It was a lot. Uh, one of the ladders like bent. <laughs> and, like, poor Keith Lee is, like, sitting there trying to balance it. And I was like, oh. So, um, but it was am- amazingly creative. Again, amazingly creative. Yeah. Yeah, just another just great match. And Wardlow winning makes a lot of sense. I mean, oh, it definitely absolutely. made the most sense. Oh, we got a little wrestling fan. <laughs> After that, we had Jade Cargill retain the TBS championship over Ty Conti. Uh, this match went about seven minutes long, and in my opinion, this was Jade Cargill's best match of her career so far. Yeah. Um, everyone knows I'm I'm a big Jade fan. I'm a big Jade supporter. Like I I recognize and I have the patience and the foresight to see like what she will eventually probably become in this company. I think she's going to be a massive star for them. Like, not just in wrestling, but, like, on a mainstream level, she has a lot of potential to be a big mainstream star, too, I think. And we're just, we're watching her literally learn in front of our eyes. And this match, granted, like, Conti is a very, very good opponent for her to have this kind of match with, so it's credit to both of them. But, like, Jade Cargill's best two matches of her career have been against Tay Conti and Anna Jay. And and Tay Conti and Anna Jay both have fairly they're both fairly new themselves. Like so mm-hmm. that just kinda oh. goes to show once again the developmental process in AEW, they're they're finding ways to really highlight the the strengths of who they're who they have and like teach and hide their weaknesses and like teach them along the way in front of people. And I, right. you know, and I, I, like I said, I thought this was Jade's best match, and and I, I really enjoyed it. Of of the three women's matches on the show, this was the shortest one, but honestly, this was my favorite uh, women's match on the show. Like I thought it was really well done, and I thought that Jade winning made sense. Like I thought, just like all the way around, it was just really, really well done by both of them. How did you feel about it? I felt the same way. Um, Jade Cargill is just is just a star. Um, I totally missed the kiss. Oh, yeah, that, I, I, I didn't bring that up either, but yeah, a lot of yeah. people, my brother really marked out for that. He's, yeah. Like, and even my husband didn't notice it. He goes, did you see the kiss? And I was like, what? I was like, no. And then he showed me, and I was like, oh. <laughs> so I, I I guess we just thought they locked up or something. <laughs> no, I didn't know they locked the lips. I thought they locked up. But, um, yeah, no. Something interesting that I saw during Fan Fest was her meet and greet was um, at the top of the ramp um, by the two tunnels. That's where her meet and greet was. And as there was something going on in the ring, you know, the people were doing their meet and greets with her. And one thing I noticed was the amount of young girls that were there. Um, There were a lot of of little girls who clearly looked up to Jade Cargill of all backgrounds. 
And I thought that that was, like, really, really interesting because I hadn't seen that, um, particularly with anybody else except for Jade. So I feel like... I feel like that's something, like, they have something with Jade. They They really have something with her. She just... I mean, just, I mean, her look and her present and her daughter. Oh, my God, her daughter was there. Did they show that? I think they did. They show. They have showed her daughter a few times on screen. Yes. They, um, she was on her dad's shoulders for a little bit during the match. Oh, it's so cute. Oh, my gosh. It was so adorable. And this was like, you said it. I think this was like her best match by far. Um, I just, that woman is just... Yeah, she's a star. She's you, a star. Can you imagine what she's going to be like in like a year? I know, or exactly. Two years? Exactly. It's like MJF. You know, MJF is so young and has so much potential too, and it's just like their 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 ceiling is like limitless. You know, yeah, I'd probably make the comparison more like Hook. You know, her and Hook are kind of in the same spot. Like they're like brand new, but both like very over. Yeah. Like, like their overness doesn't match their skill just yet. Well, Hook potentially, which is we see just like small glimpses of what he can do. Yeah. Jade is like Jade. clearly like learning week by clearly week, learning. like, um, which I'm not. Which once again, I think is a really cool thing to see because she's being so successful. And um, one thing that I think is, I think this is really the best, the biggest compliment I can give. Um, I can give for these women for this match is that on a show that was this ultra stacked with right. so many great matches, the fact that fans aren't going after Jade and Conti for having like a bad match shows how good this was because right. it'd be really easy to like pinpoint like, but because the match, like the match wasn't bad, like the match was good. So like, it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't out. And the reason I say that is because, like, they, they were put in, like, a sink or swim position here. Like, really, especially after that ladder match. Well, yeah. I mean, we're talking Jericho Kingston, triple threat tag, ladder match, this, and then CM Punk MJF. And people aren't, like, people have nothing bad to say about Jade and, and, and Conti, which is, like, that's awesome for them. Because they kiss. Yeah, they kiss, which which is but I mean I just you know that's I shut everyone up. That's 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 a big because if anything on this show on paper would have stuck out as like this might not do well on a card like this, it right. would have been this strictly because of the inexperience. And right. they I think they completely pulled it off. So good on both of them. I'm I'm a big fan of, of and then they're also uh, they just set up a feud on Wednesday, a Conti versus um, uh, Paige Van Zandt, who just signed. Yes. So, good stuff. Speaking of good stuff, CM Punk defeats MJF in a dog collar match. Um, I love it. I loved it. I loved it. This this match and this entire feud, and once again, like I was around, like to see, like I got all these references, like the CM Punk AFI music and the fight yeah. shorts and the 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 three X's and like the, the yeah like, everything he was doing. I was like, oh my god, this is like this is like that. I even tweeted when it happened. CM Punk is finally back. Like this is like oh you did. Like, see, I saw. Well, no, I mean, I didn't expect you to see it. Would we there at the show? Like, yeah, but, but 
like this this to me like his whole run in AEW I think has been fantastic but like it's been swan song yeah right and and th- but this this was like this was like you know for anyone like me that like got you know jaded or upset or whatever about like CM Punk leaving pro wrestling and then like his just terrible UFC run and like the comic books mm-hmm. and the movies and all this like he just he wanted it just felt like he wanted nothing to do with wrestling for so long and he was just doing anything he could to like kind of stay out there but not be involved in wrestling and I respect and it turned out he was mad he wasn't mad at pro wrestling he was mad at, mad at one specific company right but and, yeah. and that's the thing is like his it can't be understated how bad that UFC run was. It can't be, Ooh. but that I, I'm able to separate that guy from who I saw on Sunday because like who I saw on oh. Sunday was like, this is the guy who loves pro oh, wrestling. He, like this is right. the guy that I was a fan of before he got signed to the WWE. Like I was on the internet with all these other internet nerds like me, just CM Punk and Brian Danielson and Paul London and Brian Kendrick and blah, blah, blah. And all these guys that we were like these big fans of back in like the really early 2000s that, you know, and CM Punk. And so it's like to see that guy and like to hear that music, there was no Titan Tron video. It was just a black screen. And he just right. walked out and the crowd just going, CM yeah. Punk, no. CM Punk. And I was like, I couldn't believe what I was saying. I rewatched that, that entrance like 10 times. Yeah. And... Well, the hilarious thing was, this cracked my husband up. My husband, like, lost his shit for a good five minutes when MJF came out to cult of personality. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I was, like, rocking out, and, of course, he loves to see me, like, get mad. So he he thought that was so funny. That is. (laughs) That got a big, big reaction (laughs) from the crowd. Yeah. And then, obviously, with the AFI theme, and in the ring, or in the ring, he's... In the arena, everyone got it. Everyone, and even if you, like, didn't know, like, what the song was or, like, you know, like, um, for instance, AJ Awesome was sitting next to me. He was, like, like an actual child. He was, like, yeah, yeah, he's, like, a kid. He was, like, clearly not alive, I don't think. Exactly, Um, sure. And um, he was, like, I don't know what this is, but this is a really big deal. And it's like because everyone in the crowd like knew, and if you didn't know, then you knew. And, I, and he eventually asked me, and I was like, "Yeah, that was his old theme when he was in ROH." And um, you know, he never got to. And JJ Williams, who's an, a yep. fantastic photographer, by the way, um, after after the show was like, you know, he never got to use that theme on the big stage, and he finally got to. I have got to go change her diaper because yeah, she went poopy. Go for it. Um, so I'm going to talk to the chat and while I'm doing Can you still hear me while you're out there? Or... Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this was, this was, I've said it a lot in the last week or so, but this is just top tier professional wrestling. Like, I, I understand that there's some people who don't like blood and whatnot. Like, I, I get little aspects, but like, I I honestly feel like if you didn't like this feud, then pro wrestling probably just isn't for you, or 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 you're really 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 way more into what the WWE considers to be like a pro wrestling product. Like it, that's that's really all I can. I I I can't imagine a pro a professional wrestling fan not liking this. Um, yeah, right. 
And and even if you didn't get the entrance as it was happening, like Jesse was just saying about AJ, like you should be able to at least recognize like, oh, this is a big deal. Like something's happening. Like there's there's got to be a reason he's using different music. There's got to be a reason he's dressed different and he's acting different. And it's like, well, didn't the Excalibur like say it right away? Yeah, he did. Yeah, for sure. But people still just it's just not enough for for people for whatever reason. And it's, and here's the thing: it's an Easter egg for those of us that were around. Right. Like, it's it's rewarding the long term viewer. Like, he said it was his love letter to professional wrestling fans. Yeah, which was like exactly how I felt about it. So like I, I thought it was, yeah, seeing all the. The the only stuff I mean I shouldn't say the only but it was it was interesting seeing the 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 chatter online because it was like there were people that were mad that they didn't understand it they were mad that certain people didn't understand it they were mad that you know this and that and it's like people are getting mad about all this different stuff and it's like some people kind of got caught with their pants down like there are some people that like literally run giant pro wrestling websites yeah. that didn't get it and like and but which. That's I don't have a problem with that, to be honest. Like I don't think that everybody needs to know everything about pro wrestling to be involved in pro wrestling or media or whatever. But like it does it does question certain credibility when it comes to certain topics, potentially. Like if that same person I hear being really critical about like some specific thing about like Samoa Joe's Ring of Honor title run or something, I'm gonna know he probably didn't actually watch it as it was happening because he didn't know CM Punk's theme song. You know, like so right. that's that in that way. That's the only why way it would ever have any merit, or like why it would matter at all. Um, right. But even though that doesn't really matter, it's just kind of my perception of stuff. So it, it doesn't. But right, and yeah, it's so easy. Even if you are like a journalist, you hear this theme, you hear how big of a deal it is. Go research it. Exactly. It's the same thing when, like, Nick Gage debuted in AEW. Right. People are like, who is this guy? I don't understand this. I don't get who this guy is. But, like, a lot of us do. Like, yeah. you know? Um, and I think part of it, too, was that it was CM Punk in particular. Because I think right. so many people associate their fandom with being a CM Punk fan. Like, they're, like they're I don't want to say newer to wrestling, but, like, I consider newer to wrestling being some, like... If you got into wrestling around the time that CM Punk got popular in the WWE, that's still a new wrestling fan to me. But that's just in my grand scope of being a fan for 30 years. Because I'm thinking... But yeah, exactly. But that, does, that doesn't mean you're any less than someone. It doesn't you mean know? you're any less than someone. But what it does... What it was interesting is I think there's a lot of people that are, like, big-time fans from that era that are, like, really <laughs> attached to, like... CM Punk's return and like being this big punk fan and a lot of them might be straight edge and like they really so when they didn't get this reference they were like wait I thought it was a big like this makes me mad because like I thought I knew anything about CM Punk and I don't it made them question their own their own level of fandom and at the end of the day most wrestling fans think that they know more about wrestling than every other wrestling fan because it's such a subjective form of entertainment that like your favorite wrestler should be the one getting the titles and you should have this person teaming with this person. Everyone has their own ideas about what they like in wrestling and they feel like they can actually change the outcome of what you see on the screen because certain bookers for companies will actually pay attention to the internet fans and like they might actually change course or purse certain people because of the fan response and they feel very involved and attached. So when they don't know something, it makes them question themselves as like how big of a fan am I and sometimes it just 
you just get kind of caught with your pants down when you're when you if you're somebody out there that has a lot of really strong opinions on pro wrestling, but then like you didn't know what this was. It just makes me kind of be like, yeah. okay, well, I don't know how credible like, you're going to be the yeah. next time you have a really huge take on something that right. maybe that you so, might not have even been around to to know about. So right, it's like sit down, my man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, but once again, like that said, if you were to ask me something that happened in like the 1970s in wrestling, there's a good chance I'm not going to know what you're talking about because I was born in 1988, and most of my fandom is from like the early 90s to now. So like. So, you know, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like, it isn't one of those things where, like, I think everyone needs to know everything. It's just, you know, I, yeah. I won't claim, like, here's the here's the thing. You'll never catch me tweeting about, like, an era of right. wrestling I mean, that I don't, I don't that I wasn't there. I mean, I could have an opinion right. on it retroactively, but this also happens in yeah. MMA. I used to get, I don't want to name names and stuff, but, like, I there, there was a time when, like, it, I had to deal with people in MMA media that were so new to yeah. MMA media that like they didn't understand like how big how big certain people were to the sport before they got into it. Really? It's really hard to explain, but like I would get in like fights with people basically over like like Tito Ortiz was super super important to the UFC, like super important. Yeah. He was like the only quote unquote star they had when they couldn't even get on television. Like he was there, he was their draw for years. And yeah. Tim Sylvia was a, a, a similar guy in a similar boat to that. But like if you got into MMA after their peaks, really most of what you saw was people clowning on them because like their performance declined and like outside of the octagon stuff. And now there's stars that are way bigger than they ever were. And right. but like, there's this, it's hard to put context into that or real, real, because like, if you weren't there to live through it, it's hard, it's hard to retroactively go back and watch a lot of this stuff. You can still, and you can still go back and watch it. You can still be a fan, but like you, it is a different experience than somebody who lived through it. Right. In the moment is a different experience than retroactively. Exactly. So like, so at the end of the day, it's one of those things like I could go back and watch wrestling from like the seventies and, and appreciate and give my opinion of like what I like and what I didn't like. But I think the opinion matters more in just my personal opinion. I think someone else's opinion who was around for that, that lived through it, that has their opinion on it. It just carries a little more weight because they could, ex they, they experience it as it happened in that time. And, and it's just, it's just a different, it's just yeah. a different perspective. And I, this is probably like a horrible comparison and I'm sorry to bring it up, but it's, it's like trying for, for me, like our babysitter was like one year old during nine 11. So trying right. to explain to her like what it was like in the moment. Um, yes. Of, I mean, it's just something you'll never, like, I'll never understand, you know, when Kennedy got shot. Like, I mean, I, I can watch all the history things I want on it, but I'll never understand that true feeling in the moment. She'll never understand, which makes me feel so old, by the way. Um, she'll never understand, like, the fear and the panic that everyone felt. And cause, because, you know what, it was in real time. And I know, obviously, that's, like, a horrible comparison, but it's just something, it's kind of along the same line. No, no, no. I, you, I think that's actually a comparison that makes a lot of sense, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, you can only, you can only describe so much because emotion is so much a part of it. A hundred percent. Like say like Y two K. Like like right. if you were born after the year two thousand, there's you, you, a lot of people probably don't even know that it happened. 
and because it right. didn't, but like the whole the whole but the whole like everyone get everything get your white <laughs> emergency kit yeah like there's people like getting bomb shelters ready and buying all the canned goods and like right and we had like a little box right and it was a big thing like prepare yourself for the year 2000 and and yeah and but like if you were born after that like if you were to look back at that you'd be like this is the silliest dumb. stupidest yeah. like how dumb are these people you just make fun of it but like living through it it was like an actual concern for a lot of people because we did right. not know it was gonna I mean, happen all the clocks reset because yeah, you know what we did we were I, were I remember watching australia celebrate the millennium because they celebrated it before us and once we figured out like they were okay yes. and like everyone was okay i was like all right we're good yep and i still remember i was in daytona beach or sorry destin florida with my family no and like our neighborhood and I got strep throat and I was super sick no. and we were sitting there watching it and I was like, this is the end of the world. Like I'm sick and this is terrible. And like, damn, but you, what we all watched was Australia. You said, right. And yeah. we saw like other parts of the world were like, it was, it had already happened and we were like, oh, okay, we're going to be fine. But like, it was an actual yeah. concern. Like, but, but, but our whole point, once again, and is like, that's if you didn't parents through went it. through two beer kegs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Uh, um, oh, uh, but, yeah. Greg, make sure to check your DMs for Greg Cherry. I just saw his comment about, uh, possibly, uh, doing an appearance okay. with him. Cool. All right. Greg's good. That's for me. Okay. Hashtag Thanks. Greg Cherry for Quizzlemania. I did the hashtag thing. But once again, CM Punk MJF, top tier pro wrestling, in my opinion. Just, just um, incredible. Wardlow giving the ring to CM Punk, I will say, was a huge pop. Got Wardlow chance after. Like, oh my God, that was like the crowd, like, erupted. Yes. What's wrong? Yeah. Everything about that. Yeah. But I'm glad you brought that up. The Wardlow turn added to this as well. Um, even just the way he did it, where it was like. It's like, you know, he came out, he knew, like, week after week, he didn't want to, he didn't want to do all the things he did to CM Punk. He was just taking orders from MJF, and when he finally just put the ring down for CM Punk, basically just saying, like, just knock this dude out, like, that was, yeah. that was cool. Um, but yeah, I, I loved everything about the entire feud from, from start to finish. I loved their first match where MJF won. I love I love that CM Punk got announced as the second city saint for this match. Like it was a yes. it was all just a, ma a major throwback. So um and it was perfect. Like if you're going to do something like this, this was the feud, this was the match, the dog collar match. Right. It all just made so much sense. Um, after that, yeah. we had Dr. Britt Baker DMD defeating Thunder Rosa to retain the AEW Women's World Championship. This was definitely the uh the most divisive finish, I think, on the whole show, because most fans wanted Thunder Rosa to win. But as you said at right. the top of the show, we're getting it next week in her hometown in a steel cage. And, like, this was more set up to set up that match. Um, this this match, yeah. like, with, with all the interference and the story leading up to it and everything. So the steel cage stipulation makes all the sense in the world to keep Rebel and yeah. Hater out of there. Um, yeah. But I'll say this. And you may disagree, and it's okay if you do, but I saw a lot of people online that were, like, mad at AEW for putting this match on after CM Punk versus MJF. But my thing is, like, this is AEW. 
you got to be able to go. These these women can go. We saw we saw their their lights out match was incredible, but we knew this wasn't going to be how highly they think of these women. Right. No. No. I agree. I totally agree. But but I think more. I think fans are actually upset with the result, and not and not them. But but they're making it. But I've seen a lot of fans that are like. AEW just out here mistreating the women again, putting them in a position yeah. where they can't win, and it's like, what what else no. do you do on a show like this? Like, right. like what, what do you do? You put them on after Sting and Darby go out there and, and tear the joint down. You put them on after Wardlow's massive pops. You put them out there after after. And here's the other thing about this: no one's complaining about Jade and Conti, as we were just saying. Yeah. they were sandwiched between. A ladder match in CM Punk and MJF, and no one's complaining about their match. But a lot of people right. are complaining about Dr. Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. So, I, th- once again, I think Thunder Rosa is one of the best wrestlers on, in the company. Yeah. I think Britt Baker is one yeah. of the most over. Like, I don't think she's the best in the ring, but I think she's good in the ring. No. And her overness makes up for what she may lack in the ring. And we've right. seen the two of them put on one of the best matches in AEW history before. So we know that they're capable... Like you just said, it's one of those things where, like, no matter what was after CM Punk or MJF, people were going to be like, oh, of course you put that after it. But with this match, it would not have mattered where on the show this was. There, it was it was a stacked show, and this match just didn't just, just didn't hit the way that it needed to hit. And that's, yeah. you know, it, it's, not, it's not Tony Khan being a sexist. I'm sorry. No. Like, there was three women's matches on this pay-per-view, by the way. Once You know what I mean? Right. One on the pre-show, two on the main show. But once again, if anyone's going to complain about that specifically, what would, what in the world would you remove and, and what would you add? Right. To just... Yeah, well, where would you put it? Exactly. Where would you put it? Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah. So, well, here's the thing about this match. I saw the beginning, um, and then I had to go start my TPN and I missed the finish. Well, so, it was basically just interference from Hater and Rebel and Brick Baker. Okay, just, that, yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense, and that's why it set up the uh, the cage match. Um, what I saw, I liked. Cause, I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're good. She, I thought she was laughing a, a second ago. She was. I don't know what's going on. Um, what's wrong? Um, are you thirsty? I don't know. She just completely destroys him. Um, if you need to take care of her, I can I can run through some more of this stuff. Well, I was just gonna say. Um, hey, what do you want? What do you want? Point. She's oh yeah, she's pointing. Uh, it's incredible how much she looks like Scarlet. I say that every time, but like. Yeah. Here, you this. Ooh, what's that? Um. The, after the show, Thunder Rosa came up to me and asked me for a picture and, like, told me how inspirational I was. And it was really awesome. That's incredible. Yeah, she, like, hyped me up and just was really sweet. So I can't wait to see her win it. But like I said, I had to go start my TPN, and I didn't want to start it, like, in the arena, like, in my seat, because I was worried they would think I was, like, about to go set off a bomb or something. Right. <laughs> I, found, I found a lovely police officer. His name was Paul. Shout out to Paul. And he sat there and guarded me while everyone was getting their liquor because I had to do it right by the liquor stand. So, nice. shout out to Paul. But yeah, damn. And then I finally made it back for to to pop my pussy to Brian Danielson's <laughs> themes. It was great. Yes. So, um. So yeah, like like we both said with with Britt and Thunderosa, 
Unfortunately, this is honestly one of those things. It just straight up like just didn't even have to happen at the pay per view because like if right. Thunder Rosa was right. gonna win anyways next week, like you could have just held off till next week and just had her just beat her. But um, so I, I I get I get the fans being upset with the finish. I and I and I agree, but um, I just don't like the the stuff that I saw about people saying Tony Khan was being sexist about the placement of this match. I just don't I just don't think that that's fair. Um, there were people we. There were people we both know that were saying uh, some of that stuff. I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus. Oh, but... oh I think I know you. <clears throat> There's people that I like, by the way, but it, I just don't think yeah. that they, I just don't think that that's accurate um, when it comes to to this. I to- oh, yeah, Tony Khan's so sexist that he's like main eventing women like way more often than like anywhere else. I mean, like yeah. Right. Anyways, um, John Moxley and Brian Danielson. Fucking <laughs> rule. Fucking rule. Absolutely rule. Fucking rule. And then fucking who shows up? Yeah. Oh my god. That might have got the biggest pop of the entire night. Oh my god, that was actually you know I don't think it was. I think damn. I think I mean it was a huge pop. But I think um, Danhausen had a huge Mm -hmm. pop, and then Wardlow turning on MJF got a huge pop too. I think all three of them. But I think that was like the. I mean I don't know maybe it was because I was I was cheering (sighs) and screaming up and up and down and I. My like I said, and everyone got offended and grossed out. I had to go change. Yeah, empty my only asked me back for that because I was jumping up and down and like went, and so I was like, okay, I gotta go. But um, it was awesome and just like and you know what? It didn't even need that. It didn't even need his. Uh, it didn't even need like William Regal. It just made it better. Yeah, it enhanced it. Like the, the the match itself ruled. Um, I saw Brian Alvarez gave it like a million stars as he was watching it. I thought that was hilarious um, because this is just so up like my alley and like someone like him like just I this this whole story was so cool. Like I, I initially just thought it was just going to be Danielson and Moxley just having a match with one another and maybe Danielson would go off to create I'm his own group. Go. I'm gonna have to go, Stephen. That's okay. I'll uh. I think as long as I hit the stop streaming on my end, it will go well. Okay. Or do I have to hit your? Uh, Just text me. Okay, I can I can also log into yours if I need to. Okay, I'm just gonna like mute myself. I'm sorry. She's just in a mood. It's it's no problem. It's no problem. But um, I will say um, the Sting match that was the one that was like super crazy. There was so much going on. Like at once, like Sting was jumping off into the crowd and. Sammy was suplexing people through tables, and then Hangman and Adam had a great match with the Adam chance. That was hilarious. It ruled. So <laughs> I gotta go. I'm yeah, sorry. no problem. No problem. You can you can you can log, you can log just, off Skype, and I'll just I'll just finish the show. Okay. See you, Jesse. So we were lucky to get Jesse for most of the show today. Um, obviously, she has more important stuff that you know we got to take care of. Take care of the kids, of course. So. Um, I'll finish up, uh, just some more thoughts on this. I did do full reviews, uh, on the live rounds show that I do with Doug. We had our buddy Josh, AKA truth slayer on there. Um, that's on the RVD Tito for life YouTube channel. If you want to check that out, um, if you want just like more deep dive on this stuff. But, uh, as I said, the Moxley and Danielson match, I thought was incredible. Just the fact that like, I thought it was just going to be like this one-off match and maybe Danielson would go off 
to uh, to start his own stable with like Moriarty, Garcia, Yuta, those kind of guys. And instead, I love the finish of the match because you know you had Moxley pin Danielson, but Danielson didn't look like he was fully pinned, so he had reason to be upset with the finish. And then they kept fighting each other after the match. That's what brought out William Regal. Regal basically plays the father figure to both of these guys, slaps them both in the face and makes them shake hands. And now we have a stable starting where William Regal is managing Brian Danielson and John Moxley as like a tag team, like an alliance. And I'd imagine they'll start recruiting people. I definitely thought Daniel Garcia was going to be a part of this. He joined that new Jericho Appreciation Society, which I thought was interesting. Um, but I do love 2.0 being with Jericho. So we'll see, um, we'll see where that all goes. But I do, I do think they got to at least get Moriarty involved with this. Um, but anyways, love the stable, love the match, love Regal being there. Um, and just how over he was, was just really, really cool to see. I first saw him when he was Lord Steven Regal back in the WCW days. So, uh, <clears throat> it's cool hearing people calling him Lord Regal again. <clears throat> As Jesse mentioned, that six-man uh, Tornado tag team match, that was complete insanity. Watching Sam Guevara hit Isaiah Cassidy with that Spanish fly off of the uh, like the entrance ramp or whatever. Sting doing the New Jack dive off the balcony through all those tables. like I, That was the biggest mark-out moment I had all show. Like I stood up. I, like off my couch and was like doing laps around I was doing victory laps around my living room um what <laughs> when Sting did that jump uh so yeah this was awesome and then of course Matt Hardy got booted out of the AHFO on Wednesday after this loss on at the pay-per-view and Jeff Hardy of course debuted <clears throat> on Wednesday for AEW and the Hardy Boys have reunited in all elite wrestling which is awesome and on top of that for anyone who might not know AEW <clears throat> just recently extended Matt Hardy so that his contract lines up exactly with the time of Jeff Hardy's. So, hypothetically speaking, unless something happens, like, between now and then, Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy, like, their contracts line up, which is just a really, really cool thing, in my opinion, that AEW did for them. So, that way, if they both want to leave at the same time, they can both leave at the same time. If they both want to stay for longer, they can make that decision at the same time. So, I, uh, <clears throat> I thought I, I think that's really good on AEW for doing that. <clears throat> I'm really running out of voice today, guys. But luckily, the timing's kind of working out. If you have any last minute super chats, feel free to se uh, send them in. Me and Jesse will, of course, always make sure to split those. Even if she's not here, we'll make sure that she gets her half. So you can still send <clears throat> the donation link is in the description below. The uh, the super chats you can do right through YouTube, and I also have a tip jar on Twitter. So you can always send through that and just attach a, t a question to the tip and I'll always make sure that we read it right here on the show. And, it, and if it's in between shows, we will get to it on the next show. So that's a, a way if you want any last minute uh, questions answered or you want any uh, statements or comments read out before we go off the air here today. Um, Hangman Page and Adam Cole I thought was a fantastic match on a show full of just fantastic matches and fantastic stories. Hangman Page getting the W I thought made the most sense. I like that Adam Cole looks so good in the match though. Like there was multiple times. Like when I go into a, ma a match like this, when I am pretty confident of the result, like I was I was like 99% sure Hangman Page was going to retain the title here. 
but Adam Cole did a really good job of making you feel like there was a chance that he was going to win a few times. And um, that's really the best I can ask for with a match with you know, a fairly predictable result. Um, but I thought the match itself was really, really, really damn good. And, uh, and yeah, Hangman retains. And I'm hoping they go CM Punk versus Hangman for the title next. Um, personally, I, I hope that's the direction they go. Um, that said, my match of the night is CM Punk and MJF. Um, that is one of the best feuds I have seen maybe ever in wrestling. And I think it's not even technically over because I think there is potential still for down the line a heel CM Punk as the champion in AEW and MJF being the one guy who can like out heel CM Punk and like maybe MJF maybe at the end of the day MJF does win this feud it's just down the line and it's MJF winning the AEW world title from CM Punk I think that'd be pretty pretty fantastic if they wind up doing that but all even if they don't I trust AEW, I trust their process, I trust their booking, and uh, I love their long-term stories and their matches and the payoffs. So I would say my favorite match of the night was CM Punk vs. MJF. Uh, my second favorite, a uh, close runner-up, I'm going to go with Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho. I love that match. Call me biased if you want to, being a Jericho fan. Call me biased if you want to, being a Kingston fan. But I thought that match was perfect for what it needed to be, and the right guy won, so... That said, oh, I'm about to get <clears throat> about to get out of here. <clears throat> I'm really losing my voice. If uh, if y'all want to subscribe, please subscribe to the channel. Please make sure to follow <clears throat> myself and Jesse Davin on Twitter. I'm at Fight Talk underscore. She's at Jesse the Buckeye. Shout out to our sponsors. First, with uh, my brother Brian Jensen. Check him out on Instagram at Boxing ATL B O X I N G A T L. He's a personal trainer. He's a boxing instructor. He can help you with a wide variety of things. If you need to lose weight, get in better shape. If you want to learn self-defense, uh, if you want to be a pro or amateur boxer, or kickboxer, or MMA fighter, anything in combat sports. If you have a neurological issue, he specializes in people with like Parkinson's, MS, dystonia, a whole bunch of uh, neurological stuff that he can really, really help you with. Dexterity-wise, uh, flexibility-wise. I mean, he's, he's the go-to guy for so many different things. Uh, so... Hit him up on Instagram at BoxingATL, B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L. If you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area, he'll meet you up in person. If uh, if you're anywhere else in the world, he can help you through Skype, Zoom calls, all that kind of stuff. So get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Hit up Brian Jensen at BoxingATL on Instagram right now. Shout out also to Music City Toys and Collectibles. They are the place to be for action figures, autographs, memorabilia, DVDs, anything that has to do with pro wrestling. They got you covered. They're nice people. They'll give you fair business. They have a retail location at 101 West Main Street in Watertown, Tennessee, and they have a website, musiccitytoys.biz. Their social media is the best place to, to really stay involved with what they do. Check them out on all social media at Music City Toys. And over there at Music City Toys on, on Facebook, they do live uh, sales as well, live auctions and stuff. So it's a lot of fun to get, get involved. Uh, so shout out again to Music City Toys and Collectibles. I have something to give away from them too. It's just I'm looking for the right time to do it, but I do have a really cool prize um, that I do want to give away sometime soon from Music City Toys and Collectibles. Um, and last but never least, shout out to WrestleRumble.com. WrestleRumble.com place to be for all fantasy pickup contests for professional wrestling. They have the WrestleMania pickup contest coming up soon, and they already have it open for um, the belt giveaway they're doing. They're giving away three uh, rep replica and uh, like commemorative belts. So 
check that out, WrestleRumble.com. Be sure to follow them on all social media at WrestleRumble uh, to stay up to date with all their contests. Win some big prizes just for being a wrestling fan. Shout out to Unkind Esports, who sponsors me and Doug over at Live Rounds. Uh, check them out at UnkindEsports.com and um, at Unkind Esports on social media. And you can use code FIGHTTALK, F-I-G-H-T-T-L-K, all as one word, no spaces on independentwrestling.tv or IWTV.live. Um, I'll pull that up right here in this little box. IWTV currently has, I love pulling this up, just to show you um, if uh, my computer will run a little bit faster. I'm waiting. I want to show you how many, uh, oh, there we go. Look at this. As of this recording, they have 6,195 events from 285 promotions available right now at your fingertips at independentwrestling.tv. So use code fight talk support, check it out. Much appreciated Uh, for Jesse Davin. I am Steven Jensen. Don't know when we'll be back next, but uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter. We'll always put links out to let you know we're going live. And if you're subscribed right here on YouTube, make sure to hit that bell for the notifications and please hit the thumbs up. If you haven't already uh, liked this video here. So, Y'all enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy your weekend. I'll be at Game Changer Wrestling tomorrow in Atlanta, Georgia. So if you happen to be around and you see this, come up and say hi to me. I always love meeting people who are wrestling fans that enjoy any of my work. And um, maybe I'll get some interviews uh, tomorrow too. Maybe do some audio interviews with whoever's around for GCW. But I'm really looking forward to the show. 